You're listening to the Embrace Church podcast. To learn more about Embrace Church, including additional messages, resources, and how to connect, visit us online at embracecanton.church. Today's message comes from Stephen Brumbelow. So hey everyone, Uh, we're glad you're able to join us for this worship experience for the Embrace Church today. We're in the third week of a sermon series that we entitled uh, Faith in Crisis. You see, here's what we know. Everyone uh, faces a crisis. Maybe you're in the middle of a crisis right now. And we want to talk about then how we can respond to that uh, crisis in a faithful way. We've kind of let, uh, we've let uh, the Israelites kind of be our guide. The Israelites uh, wandering in the wilderness, being stuck in slavery and wandering in the wilderness, moving toward the promised land. Uh, they're guiding us through this, uh, through this sermon series. And we've talked about how, uh, how often we can feel like we're stuck in a crisis as the Israelites were, were stuck in Egyptian uh, slavery. We've talked about being trapped, uh, being trapped in crisis as the Israelites were trapped right there at the Red Sea. But today we're going to talk about being tested and being tested uh, in the wilderness. Several years ago, I had the privilege of going to Peru on a mission trip. And the destination of our journey was a place called Satipo. It was a, it was a little village on the edge of the, uh, of, the, of the jungle. We flew into Lima and we took a 10, 11, 12 hour uh, drive over the Andes Mountains uh, to Satipo. Well, the interesting, interesting thing about this journey was that uh, from Lima to Satipo, uh, we went through 27 different microclimates. I mean, we went through places that were just incredibly gorgeous and beautiful, where, where, the, where the grass was green and the, and the trees were, were blooming and the flowers were, were beautiful. And then the next moment, as if you just rounded the corner, uh, you were kind of in a wilderness of place. It, it was a place where it was just dry and there was nothing but rocks and brown dirt and, and you didn't see water anywhere. 27 different microclimates. The climate changed the whole way. It was an incredible uh, drive. I got to thinking about that uh, trip uh, this week as I was preparing for this sermon and I realized that uh, our journey in life was much like that trip from Lima to Satipo. So often, so often, we can, uh, we can uh, climb a mountain, you know, kind of heading to the top of the end. It's, it's kind of like climbing a mountain, and, and there's challenges in climbing. Then we have this opportunity where we get to coast down the mountain. And there's experience in times in our life where we're in this just lush green grass area where life is good. Life is really good. And, and the flowers around us are beautiful. But then just right around the corner, we may go into a wilderness time, a wilderness place. And we go from maybe singing praises about how awesome life is to all of a sudden we start singing the blues and we feel like we find ourselves kind of in this, in this fetal position, find our place in a wilderness. You see, I, I think that's maybe how the Israelites felt. As we've been talking about, the Israelites were stuck in Egyptian bondage, but then God called Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage and through a number of plagues, 10 plagues. Finally, it got to the point where Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, just said, hey, you guys go, please go, please leave. 
And God sent Moses and the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage into a wilderness area heading toward the Red Sea. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Pharaoh decided that he wanted to change his mind. He says, what have I done? And so he loaded up his army, loaded up his chariots. He, he got his, his horses together and he chased after the Israelites to the place of the Red Sea. And if you know the story, you know that uh, the Israelites went through the Red Sea unscathed, no problems, on dry land, but there um, the, the Egyptians were destroyed. Now, on the other side of the Red Sea, the Israelites, uh, uh, they sang this beautiful song. It was a song just giving God glory and honor and praise and declaring how majestic he was and how powerful he was. And they pulled out the tambourines and they danced. And let me just say, for the Israelites at this point, life, life was really good. Life was really good. But just around the corner, almost in their next move, they went into the wilderness. Now, now let me define for you what I mean by wilderness here. For wil- the wilderness for the Israelites, it was a, it was a marginal geographical area where, um, where there were not enough resources to sustain uh, this community. They went into a place where there wasn't enough food and there wasn't enough water. Let me just say, the Israelites went from singing and praising to going woohoo to kind of going, uh-oh, what's next? In fact, let me, let me read to you uh, what, what happened here. The Israelites had faced, uh, were facing the unexpected. They went in crisis mode. And here's what happened. This is Exodus chapter 15, uh, beginning of verse 21. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. This is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there was 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped near the water. Can I tell you, I can almost sense that the, uh, that the Israelites were kind of in that place where they were just kind of parched. Have you ever been in a, uh, you know, kind of a dusty uh, place, maybe on a dirt, dirt road, and it's a hot day, and you just kind of, you can't hardly even swallow. You know, it's just kind of like all you can do is taste, uh, taste the dust. Where his is, this is where they were. See, water is essential. And what I think is amazing about this situation, this scripture here, is that in the middle of the wilderness, God provided for them water. Let me keep, let me keep going here. Exodus chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they came out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, there, would, there, we are, there we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, 
but you have brought us into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Can I tell you, food isn't essential for life. But once again, if you were to keep reading here, you would see that God provided for them manna, something like bread from heaven. But during the process of God providing, the Israelites were grumbling and complaining over and over and over again. We read that they're just grumbling and complaining. And they're complaining to Moses. You see, they directed, they directed their complaints toward Moses. But really and truly what they were showing and what they were doing is they were saying, but we really don't have faith in God. Let me say that once again. They directed their, pl- their complaining uh, at Moses, but really and truly they showed that they had a lack of faith in God. See, I, I, believe, I believe that uh, in our journeys of life, uh, oftentimes we come into a place that's much like this wilderness. It's tough times. It, it's a crisis. We face the unexpected. And sometimes, not by our own choosing and not by maybe even the cause of someone else, but in this wilderness, we end up grumbling and complaining. And our grumbling and complaining are often pointed toward maybe those who are closest to us. Sometimes we grumble and complain toward our family, like they may be the cause that we're in this wilderness place, and it might not be true. But we just start grumbling and complaining. Sometimes we, we point our grumbling and complaining maybe toward our uh, work, our workplace, the people we're working for, the people we're working against. Sometimes we, we even point our grumbling and our complaining toward politicians, like, like they have ultimate uh, control. But see, I want you to understand this about the Israelites. See, the Israelites entered into the promised land only after they went through the wilderness. Let me say it again. The Israelites entered into the promised land only after they went into the wilderness. Uh, Now, if we look to the life of Jesus, and some would say that Jesus would somewhat be someone of the second Moses. You you know, Moses uh, led uh, the Israelites uh, through the wilderness he taught them the, the laws uh, of God, and he took them right up to the brink of the promised land. Jesus, somewhat the same, he came preaching, teaching, healing the sick. He, he taught a new way of living that led people into the kingdom of God. And so if we, look, if we look to Jesus, somewhat being the new Moses, there's something about his life that, that, that really blows me away. And, and I've been chewing on this for a week, and I, and I still can't fully understand it, but 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 this is this is something unique and countercultural about Jesus. Often, often, he retreated into the wilderness. Now, sometimes the Spirit of uh, of God, sometimes the Father, led him into the the wilderness place, and sometimes he just to- chose to go on his own. Now, th- this is this is interesting. In Matthew chapter 4, you would see after the baptism of Jesus that the Spirit of God leads Jesus into the wilderness. It's a place where he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights, a place where he really didn't have the essentials for life. But yet at the end, we read that angels came and attended to him. If you go over to Mark chapter 1, 
you read that Jesus is, is preaching, teaching, he's healing the sick. And even after sunset, when even people still bringing people to Jesus and he is healing everyone who comes to him. And the scripture says that the next morning, early the next morning, he got up and by his own choice, he went out into a wilderness place. Get this. He went to a place. He went to a place where he had to fully rely on God to take care of his needs. You see, for Jesus, I, I actually think that was a place of rest. I think that's sort of place where he didn't have to rely on anyone else. And nobody was lying. It was just a place where he got by himself with the Father. A place where he knew the Father was going to take care of every one of his needs. Taking hands off, no control, just the Father taking care of him. You see, I, I, I think sometimes we need to understand this that the wilderness is a significant place. The wilderness is a significant place and maybe a, a significant time in our lives. And maybe we need to embrace it. You see, we're all on this journey. And the destination of our journey really matters. And, and on this journey, we're all going to enter into a wilderness place and a wilderness time. In fact, you may find yourself in the wilderness right now. You may feel like you're in a place where your needs are not being met. Maybe your physical needs aren't being met. Maybe your financial needs aren't being met. Maybe you feel like even your spiritual needs aren't being met. Maybe it's your emotional needs or your relational needs, and they're just not being met. Well, we need to know this and understand this that the wilderness is not the worst place to be in. You may not even know why you're there. But maybe while you're there, instead of grumbling and complaining about being in the wilderness, maybe it's an opportunity for you to turn your focus toward God. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to put your faith in God and allow Him to meet your needs. Maybe it's the time for you just to open up your hand and say, all right, so I've been trying to control this uh, situation, in this wilderness, but I can't. And so I just want to rest in you, God. I want you to take it from here. Because see, maybe the wilderness experience you're in right now may be what you need to help you face the future ahead of you. Would you pray with me? So Jesus, we know that the Israelites and we know that Jesus himself were tested in the wilderness. It's a part of the journey. But how we respond in our wilderness time and in our wilderness place affects how we see you. And so we want to be people who, re, who respond in faith, who know that you're going to be the one who meets all of our needs. You're going to be the one who supplies. Well, your word said that you'll never leave us or forsake us, and we want to hold on to that truth. So, Lord, for those people who are in a wilderness right now and for those who are going to be entering into a wilderness maybe really soon, would you help us to respond in faith? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
If you were encouraged by today's message, please make sure you like and subscribe to our podcast. For additional messages and resources, visit us online at embracecanton.church. Thank you for joining in with us today on the Embrace Church podcast.